that's my favorite way to bring in the podcast. Um, hey, everyone. Okay. Welcome back to the Wise and Moisturized podcast. It is your two illustrious guests, hosts, whatever we are in this universe today. Um, it's your girl, Paige, and I'm always with my friend. Gary, the one and only. <laughs> Absolutely. What's going on today, Gary? You know, um, we vibing, we chilling, we reflecting as always. Um, we're recording on a weekend this time, um, and it's been a it's been a week of uh, ups and downs, smiles and frowns. So we we get into it. Absolutely, honestly, it's kind of refreshing to record on a weekend. A little, yeah. There's something different about it. There is like a very different energy. It's giving something else. Like it's giving I'm not tired and I didn't have to just like rush to cook dinner to yeah. do this before we're up to like midnight. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah, there's a there's something I think the overall kind of undertone of the weekend is like leisure. So it's like anything yes. that you do on the weekend, like you can do at a leisurely pace. So right. it's like if even though we're recording and doing the thing that we we greatly care about, it's like, you know, there's still that leisure aspect to it. So yeah, Correct. I, I Correct. Dig it. Correct. Correct. Um, yeah, it has been a week, but for me, I think it's actually been a very good week last week. Um, so by the time this drops, it will be after mother's day. So Mm -hmm. this is about the week, this is the week before mother's day. So the week before the week before mother's day, my mental health was really in shambles. I was really like, damn, like I don't have a mom Mm. and mother's day is coming. And what am I going to do? And who am I going to be? And I was like, do I, I was worried about like, do I need to like do something for her? Like it's my first mother's day without a mom. And I feel like, I mean, this goes into the topic you wanted to talk about a little bit, but like, you know, if you like look on social media and stuff, like people are like doing something, it's white doves, it's balloons, it's going up at the grave site or whatever. And I realized that like, I don't actually have to do anything that doesn't work for me. And it's been taking me some time to like learn, like to be comfortable in that and to actually realize that the likelihood that people are actually judging the way that I'm grieving is probably very slim. And if you are judging me, then your mom's a hoe. So like, Mm. profound. (laughs) So, um, that last week was pretty rough, but, um, my god sister came down. We like updated my condo, which was really cool. That really got my spirits together this past week at work. I had to go in three times a week and yo, I cannot believe we met at an in-person job. I went to work three days in a, this last week. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I was getting up at five, taking the Metro and because it was like a training thing, we were like doing fun activities in the evening. So it wasn't even boring, but I was like up for like 12 hours straight and in a room with like 150 people. And I was like, yo, I thought I was an extrovert. I really found myself as sometimes like sitting outside like a plant with my sunglasses on. Like, don't talk to me. <laughs> like, oh, let me just photosynthesize. Yeah. So even though it was like a long couple of days, it was very refreshing and nice to change my pace. So I'm actually feeling pretty good going into Mother's Day, but it's definitely been like a weird couple of weeks. How's it been for you? Uh, for me, it's been it's been a roller coaster. Um, yeah, I mean, I've yeah, I've kind of been in my own head about a, a lot of stuff, which, you know, tends to happen on a normal basis as somebody who fancies himself a creative and is trying to kind of build a bunch of stuff that's self-sustaining between like music and other media type stuff. Um, I, I made it a point to, um, I have another thing that I do, uh, on my, the, on my business Instagram where I interview other rappers and stuff. I had to put that mm-hmm. on break for May just cause like I'm a serial project starter. I, st- I always bite off more than I can chew with good intentions. It's always like, Oh, this is a really great idea. So I need to pull the trigger while I feel good about it. And, you know, and then it ends up being like, all right, when I look at my week at a glance, I get stressed out. So it's like, this is no longer good. So I decided to give myself May as kind of like a lighter month, plus it's my birth month. So I'm like, all right, let me just chill out, kind of take a few things off of my plate for this month. So that way I can kind of, you know, breathe a little easier and not form any, I don't want, I don't want to resent all of my ventures, you know, like when they become work, when they become something that, um, you know, I feel like is an obligation more than something that I want to do out of the passion for it. That's when I know it's a problem. So that's kind of how it's been for me, kind of being very honest with myself about what's enough, what's too much, um, and trying to, you know, listen to my mind, listen to my body, 
and not put unnecessary pressures on myself. I feel that that's something that my therapist and I've been talking a lot about is like listening to your body. And so like, that's something I felt yesterday. So like my body was obviously telling me I was tired and like, I did not have the strength, the power, whatever you want to call it to like be productive in like a work style way. Like I got some things done, but like you said, it needed to happen on like a very leisurely pace. Like my body was very much ready for the weekend after the long day. Mm-hmm. And I thought about, cause I was working from home I thought about not taking the day off and I was like, if I don't take the day off and I don't do any work, am I going to hate myself for that? And typically the answer is yes. I'm always like beating myself up because it's like, oh, well, you were at work. You had this time at work and you didn't use it wisely. So like, look at you, like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. So I like took the day off and I eliminated my ability to feel that way. And of course, that is like a privilege that's not lost on me for me to one half time off and to be able to take it without having to like ask for approval. Mm -hmm. Um, But it like freed me up and it was such a good day yesterday for me because even though I got up early and I was productive and I did some things, all those things I did like fed me, make me, made me feel better as opposed to starting off the weekend feeling like, damn, I should have been more productive. I should have done this. Like my therapist calls it shitting on yourself. (laughs) <laughs> and I didn't want to shut on myself. And so I did it. And like, that's like a very new experience for me because I'm a chronic shutter. I be shutting all over myself constantly. Mm. Felt. So. I, I, I too also be shutting as well. Damn. You got the shutty booty? <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, everybody. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Everybody just, everybody just calm down. You're right. <laughs> Getting real rowdy in here. <laughs> let me chill out. Let me chill out. But yeah, so I mean, I think if it's not clear to the listeners by now, this vibe of this episode of the pod is going to be very relaxed, reflective. We are two real people. And that's actually something that I really appreciate. Um, there's actually another podcast that I listen to, The Read um that I like a lot and they just came back from like a short hiatus because one of the um co-hosts was having a mental health crisis mm-hmm. and had to check themselves into a hospital mm-hmm. and they had to they were about to go on a tour and they had to cancel their live events and like the from what I understand and from what I, of course from where I feel um you know I have nothing but empathy and compassion for that mm-hmm. um but they just came back and I've been like, you know, I'm a regular fan. So I was excited. I was waiting for the podcast and I really resonated with it because I'm like, these are two people who get paid a lot of money. Like this is part of their full-time gig. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're not regular people anymore. Like they're people who do this. Mm -hmm. And so for them to be able to, at their magnitude, I mean, one of them is a TV writer. The other one is like going to grad school. Um, so for them to be able to like, basically just be like, look, we need, like they put out a statement said that they had to cancel the thing and then they just didn't put out any episodes and they didn't put out any statements either. Um, but because I've been listening to the show, the show's been around for 10 years. So because I've been listening Mm -hmm. to the show for so long, um, I'm familiar with one of the co-hosts, um, mental health issues. So that's what I assumed it was. Right. And it just, again, I was like, if these two people who have like people to be responsible for, I mean, they have a huge following on their podcast, like talking about live shows, if they're able to stop and listen to their body and be like, I can't do this, then like, who am I to think that I can't do like, you know what I mean? Like I can't, like, we can't do that or, you know, we can't take care of ourselves. So Again, I just want to say that, like, you know, if that's not the vibe or if that's not the space you are to hear this kind of conversation, that's totally cool. Um, I'm sure at the end we will probably still do an Am I the Asshole? So you can look for that in the description. Gary will put whatever time that starts. But you can also feel free to skip this episode because it might be heavy or it might be triggering um, because we're going to be too honest people about what's going on in our lives. So I just wanted to put that disclaimer out there. Um, before we dive in, because I know some of the things we're talking about aren't crazy heavy, but, you know, they could, you know, lead down that way. So, yeah, uh, with that said, let's get into it. Um, so some overall kind of uh, structural things that I feel like kind of play into what we're we're dealing with right now is um, we we probably touched on some aspects of this before on, on the pod, but I kind of want to put a magnifying glass on it today is um. The overall idea of something that's very prevalent right now is grind culture. Um, and for anybody who maybe have, who's never heard that term, but just this idea of like, 
you know, you, you always got to be on your grind. Like, you know, no sleep, no rest. If you have a dream, if you have an aspiration, if there's something that you're working towards, you know, you have to work towards it at all times. And like, you know, you always have to be full steam ahead and you, I'll, I'll sleep when I'm dead. I got success. I got money to make. I got success to get. And it's very much taken over kind of like American culture in a way. And uh, things like, you know, you know, like kind of pop culture and music and social media very much reinforce it. Um, people who are always on the grind, people who don't sleep, people who are always Vamp on life. Yeah, right. People who are always on go are glorified. You know, we, we applaud them. We applaud the people who, like if someone, if a millionaire goes on a talk show and says, oh, how do I get my million dollars? Well, I stopped sleeping. You know, like I stopped, I, I didn't eat meals every day. Sometimes work was for dinner. You know what I mean? Like if they, if they, if they make statements like that, people applaud and like, you know what? Yeah, I got to get like that. You know, exactly. That's the key to success. That's my problem. I'm getting too much goddamn sleep. You know, like... <laughs> We we very much live in an era where that's that's what's happening right now, and people are you know actively and passively kind of soaking that in, and kind of modeling their work ethic after it. Um, and you know we we all have our moments of being guilty of it. And, you know, yeah, we're pointing it out right now, but you know, so for, on, on the topic of things that we've been dealing with, uh, I know I have kind of lately found myself um, falling prey to that kind of overall mindset. Um, which is sometimes like, I don't know, it kind of has its own internal thing because it's like, you know, I have a master's degree in counseling. You know, I'm very pro mental health. I'm very pro self-care. I'm very pro feel your feelings. Right. So when I have these moments where I feel like, you know, I'm a product of society, I, I kind of get like internally embarrassed. I'm like, I should know better, you know. But I'm <laughs> but also – human. Right. But I'm also a human being that, you know, participates in the world like everybody else does and I, that no one – nothing says that I have to be on a higher pedestal than anybody else. So, you know. I'm feeling those things. Paige, uh, where, what's, what, what about grind culture right now is impacting you? I think like as a black woman, I sometimes, well, not sometimes I often see my personal worth in like how useful I can be or how productive I can be to society, my household, whatever the greater good. And like, that's not how grief works. Like, Mm. I've probably been more sad in the last four weeks than I was when my when like when my mother told me she was actually dying, and then the day that she died. Like I feel more sad now than then. Mm. And so, like because of that, it just makes things difficult. Like the other day, my therapist asked me to describe what grief felt like. Like if you had to tell someone who's never grieved what can grief feel like, and it's different for everyone. But for me, it's like low energy. I'm just tired. My mind is cloudy. I feel distracted. Um, on top of just like feeling like sad, you know, anxious, tired, like those kind of things. So it's just a lot. It just, it, when you're in it, it can be very heavy. And two weeks ago I was very deeply like in a bout of grief and I like there, I just couldn't get out of it. There was nothing I could do besides acknowledge it and kind of live through it. And it really did impact what I could do, what I could tolerate, you know, what I had the energy for, but again, like you're on social media, you see other people grieving and they're able to do stuff or you see other people just doing, living their life. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, Stanley always says, there's a quote, comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. Like stealer of joy. And like, it's true because like everybody is living their own life. And like, I have, that is something that I have said on the podcast before, but like something that I finally I'm starting to learn to do for myself is just like provide perspective for things. Like I have friends who are doing really awesome things right now, but I also know there are other places in their life where maybe they aren't doing so awesome. Mm-hmm. And like, that's, you know what I mean? Like that's their, that is their reality. Like, you know what I mean? I can't be mad. Like one of my friends like works for Tesla and like, that's really awesome. I cannot get caught up on like them working for Tesla and me working for a different like tech company that might be considered smaller. Right. Like right. The, her journey is her journey. My journey is my journey. Like, you know what I mean? Like just because I like, you know, it just, there's so many things that I've been trying to learn, but like absolutely learning how to like tune out the noise and like realize that everybody is in their space of life when they're supposed to be in their space of life. Like wherever you are right now, that is where you were supposed to be. There's a lesson there. There is a springboard there, but there is something else coming. Um, and like, 
something about these last couple, well, it's not something about like my mom dying. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> not something my mom dying has really like solidified that because i mean for a lot of people that's like the worst thing you could ever think of like yeah. to happen to them and like i've now survived almost like five months without my mom which is like if you would have told me that five months ago i would have been like how and some good things have happened to me in those five months mm-hmm. i've had wins and so like that's the thing is that like Last week, two weeks ago, I felt like garbage. I thought I was the garbage place. I was like, wow, this is awful. And I'm having probably one of the best, I don't, yeah, I would say I'm having one of the best weeks of the year that I've had so far. So it's like, I think you just have to be honest with yourself, but it's difficult because the noise is loud. Like social media is there. People are posting people. And that's the thing is that people don't post the sad shit. Or when they do, it's sometimes kind of weird. Like we judge people for posting the sad shit. Like I know I'm somebody who will get on Instagram and if someone is like crying hysterically on their timeline, like I'm, I'm swiping yeah. because in my mind, I'm like, what, what made you grab the camera? Yeah. And the thing is that it's not even just grabbing the camera, but then you posted it. Like, because that's the thing is, like, sometimes you want to record yourself going through something so you have it. Like, I don't always understand that. So I know I can sometimes be judgmental to that. So it's like, you really can't win. Yeah. You always post the good, and niggas be hating on you for the good. And then if you try to post what's real, niggas like me is like, bitch, why don't you just be keep this to yourself? Yeah, you, you recorded that. You looked at it. You wrote a caption. You put a filter on it. like, <laughs> And then you posted it, and yeah. I'm judging you. And it's like, why? Like, you and know then what you mean? put like, it on your story. like, <laughs> yeah. If that's what that person wants to do, Paige, like, that's their prerogative. That's their business. Maybe that's how they work through their shit. Like, you know what I mean? But it just is a perfect example. You can't really use social media as like a as like a, a even level, an even level playing field because there is no winning. Mm-hmm. No one is doing it right. Yeah. We're all doing what we know to be the best at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we look, sometimes it's not until hindsight that we realize that what we were doing maybe wasn't the best, but, you know, we have that information now. And uh, if you knew better, you do better. So here we are. Well, that's the thing is that like hindsight typically comes from growth and knowledge. Like mm-hmm. you have to look at this. Um my friend Misha told me this because she's like a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. She helps like with your finances and stuff. And she was like, everything your past self has done, every decision your past self has done has gotten to where you are right now. Yeah. Right, wrong, and different. Like all those things had to happen for you to get here, mm-hmm. for you to have the like understanding and the knowledge that you have now. And, like, yeah, you might have made poor decisions back there, but, like you said, you made the best decision that you could with what was going on, with the mind that you had and all the resources that you had at that time. Like, I can't – I'm working on not being mad at 22-year-old Paige, 18-year-old Paige, 16-year-old Paige, 12-year-old Paige, 10-year-old Paige, because all those pages were making the best decisions that they could where they are now. And almost 30-year-old Paige can't be mad at them because – Nigga, you only know what you know because what they did. Yeah. So I always remind myself, like, I've made it through 100% of all the things that I've gotten through thus far. Because the only time you don't is when you die. Like, my mom, she lost one. She lost a boss level. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. And there's no restarting the game. There's no restarting the game. There's no save. You're right, Paige. You Y'all niggas nerves. better eat them health mushroom. You get on my nerves so much. <laughs> That's a bomb ass analogy. You're welcome, my nigga. <laughs> yes, Paige. Um, and uh, in response to what you just said about like uh, forgiving, forgiving your younger selves. Um, I think it's very easy when you reflect on certain aspects of your life, be it like major events, like big memories, traumatic events, however you want to call it. I think like because, of course, you occupy your body and your brain in the current time, you almost like you your 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 body. It's like your mind kind of auto updates on some software shit, like your old memories to your current mindset so it's mm-hmm. like it's like when you when you look back at what happened to 16 year old page you're doing it with the with the brain of the page you are now 
So exactly. you're like, and you, so in your head, you're like ashamed of yourself because, damn, I knew better. But it's like, wait, no, you didn't know better. Actually, you know better now, and that's why this memory feels different. Back right. then, it did not feel that the was way the that decision, right? Right, like that was just the decision. And so I say that to say, I think we need to kind of keep that in mind as people. You know, we we need to grant ourselves more grace because, yes, you're you're filtering what happened through your brain right now. Back then, you did not have access to that filter. So naturally, the shame is going to feel harder because you are a more developed person now and you're going to feel like that old version of you was like was obsolete and just out of, you know, oh, that's the bad version of me. Like, no, it was at the time it was the most up to date version of you there was. You know, it's not right. like right then, back then you were not choosing to regress. You were not choosing. It's not like you knew there was a, a better way to do it. And you were like, you know, I'm actually going to do this instead. That's not what happened. Right. You, for whatever reason, in your, in, in your little young in brain, that, that move made sense. So keep that. And in that's mind. why, right. But like, that's why we're always talking about when you see people who have these like super big age gaps or not even super big age gaps, but people who are like out here dating for like really young folks, like people in their late teens, early twenties. And these people be like in their late thirties, early forties, um, uh, late fifties, early, like, you know what I mean? Like when there's a large age gap, it's not just the, like it's, yes, it's the, like the life experience, but it's also the fact that your brain, your physical brain, your prefrontal cortex, which I believe is like, we're largely responsible for decision-making is not fully developed until you are 25. Like that is really when it solidifies. Like that's when your brain stops being a soft spot and goes like full solid and like all the connections are made. But like literally sometimes you are talking to someone who physically cannot make the same mental connections that you can. Right. And it has nothing to do with like someone being like mentally disabled. This is just plain biology. You can literally look this up. It's like one of the first things we really talk about when you want to go to grad school for what Gary and I go to grad, like what we work in, mm-hmm. like student development. The first thing before you try to develop someone, you have to understand where that person is. Like you have to meet them where they are. You cannot assume that that person is going to be pumping on the same brain power. So like that is... It's so easy to understand when you're talking about it like abstractly or projecting it onto someone else. But I think that's something that I know I really struggle with. So I have to imagine that other people struggle with it too. But like being able to truly accept that Mm -hmm. and like not only forgive, but think that younger version of yourself. Like that's one thing my therapist is actually having me like work on is writing a letter to my younger self to like be the version of me that I needed to be like that they like be the adult that they needed at the time. Yeah. And like, that's like, I, she asked me to do that like a month ago. How's that going? It's really not going. Thanks for the honesty. Yeah. Yeah. She'll get that letter eventually. Yeah. I'm coming for you, little page. I'm going to snuggle you tight, kiss you on the forehead. But it's little, just a lot. Page like a children's book, right? <laughs> well, out here, catch me healed and an author. Um, but yeah, so okay, I don't know. It's just something to think about, and I hope it's something that who people who are listening can hopefully resonate with and maybe try to implement in their own lives. Yeah. So with that, and kind of some things that we kind of kind of grazed over in, in what we've been saying is um, I'm going I'm to make a statement and then unpack it a little bit more. So so whoever's listening right now, listen close. Turn your volume up. Tell everybody around you to shut the fuck up. Because I got to say something real quick. Do not treat rest as a reward for productivity. One more time. I'm going to say it. Do not treat rest as a reward for productivity. Rest is inherently necessary. Rest is a human right. And in this grind culture structure that we have, it is very easy when you see everybody bragging about how they don't get no sleep, about how they got three full-time jobs and a little and a little fraud on the side. It's very easy to hear all that and then be like, "Oh damn, like if that person who I went to high school with that's the same age as me, can can slave their bodies out for all this gr- and, and do all this grinding to get to it. I can do that too. 
And then once I do that, then I'll rest. No, don't do that. You will give yourself an early grave. You will give yourself early gray hairs. Holler at me, I already have them. Um, that it is crucial to all my to all my grinders out there, to all my people with dreams, to all my people with aspirations. You are allowed to rest. Rest is necessary. If you don't rest, you start losing brain functionality. You start losing sound decision-making skills. And because it because exhaustion and fatigue kicks in, and you're not actually playing with a full deck of cards. So not only by not resting are you hurting yourself, whatever that grind is, you're not even doing that grind with with full with optimum efficiency. So yeah. Rest is deserved, no matter what you got going on. Facts. Big facts. Um, honestly, really nothing is a reward for productivity besides the deliverable, besides whatever it is that you're attempting to do. Like, don't withdraw food. Like, I, I wasn't productive at food, so, like, at work, so I don't get to have, like, the meal I really want. I have to have my sad meal. Like, right. <laughs> I think that that, again, something else that we teach you, but that's that's one of the shittiest things about um capitalism like that's the thing it's like whew, we about to go for a ride buckle up <laughs> that's what the issue is with like white supremacy and capitalism like there's no value on the on on life mm-hmm. your body is the capital and you have to like spin it at like that's why hustle culture even exists because if people had what they needed they could leisure right that's why leisure has always been associated with rich people who has time to leisure when you have bills to pay? How are you going to pay those bills? Facts. And that's what leads to like stress and things like that. And like, that's why we have to constantly remind ourselves that like, this is not natural. The reason why we are struggling is because the way that we are living is not natural. Mm-hmm. Capitalism is a man-made reality in which that we are all part of the machine. But like, this is not truly how you were supposed to be living. Not at all. And think about um, it, like, sh- don't let this system that makes you think that you you work, for you, you grind until you're 65 and then retire and then you have leisure and then you can do the things that you enjoy. So you mean when your body's already starting to shut down? You mean when, you know, you're not even really, when you don't have the energy anymore to do all the things that you wanted to do, now you're going to have leisure? Think about that, y'all. Like, and, I, and even and even the people I, I even have some people that are like, oh, I'm grinding to retire early. You know, if I from from the t- from I, I had a job since I was 15, and my goal is if I if I do this this and that, I can retire at 40. And it's like even that is like, okay, yeah, 40 isn't 40 year 40 isn't old, but it's like even with that, you're if you're still gonna marathon a hustle, you're still missing out on a lot of precious life up to 40 by you know being on that on that grind pattern as well. So like, there's no there's really no right way to do grind culture. No matter what, you're sacrificing something that is inherently good and part of what you need to enjoy life. Yeah, I don't know if you um look at like Shannon Sharp's been like doing a couple interviews. He did one on New Heights with the Kelsey brothers. Okay. Um and then he talked about it with Steve Harvey on Club Shay Shay. Also Shannon Sharp is so fine. I just had to say that. Um good but he was basically talking about how he, like all this money, all this fame, he was like, it really means nothing because I literally have nobody to share it with. Damn. He was like, if he could go back, he was like, he would absolutely like find a companion and like, because that's truly what matters in life. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like if you can think about it, if you could stay home every single day and relax and you didn't have anything to worry about and you enjoyed your life, but you were spending it all alone for some people, that's what they want. And that's totally fine. Mm. But a I feel like I truly believe that most people are socialized to want community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And it's not to say that he doesn't have any community, but obviously he's looking for the type of community that's, you know, more intimacy, like a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, that's rough. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's really rough. And even if you do, you know, work those 65 years, like the government doesn't take care of you and don't get sick during those 65 years because then you lose your health insurance. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, Mm-hmm. living in America can be quite stressful. I mean, it can be quite stressful. It is quite stressful. We live in a very dangerous country with a really bad gun problem and really weird laws. And Florida's acting off the hook. 
It's just getting weird, y'all. It's getting weird. And I'm really tired of living through a once in a lifetime thing. But then when I really think about it, but then when I really, 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 really think about it, though, Gary, but really, but really, really, there, I don't even know why I thought it was going to be better. I really don't even know why I thought it was going to be better because my parents were born in the 1960s, mm-hmm. which is right in the middle of the civil like rights act or movement. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. all happening. My mom like helped desegregate a school and like her grandparents like lived through terrible racism. Like, you know what I mean? Like we really haven't had like, they, like they talk about this golden age, but that's the golden age for the whites. If you're a person of color, like you really never know peace here. Yeah, what, what's what's golden about it? Right, like you've literally never known peace. So, I, like that's what, like that's what I realized the other day. Like, I don't, I don't even know what. Who do I think I am? To do, nobody before me gets peace. Why, why do I think I'm going to get peace? <laughs> I mean, grim but true. <laughs> like, who did I think I was to expect peace? And we're about to go into another election year. Like, bro, we got to spread these elections out. Like, uh, every four years is too soon. Like, right. Ain't, ain't had time I to adjust to nothing. Oh, my God. I'm, like, so stressed. And I know Biden's going to run again. He's so old. He's so old. Yeah. He's, he's, barely, tired, bro. he's barely holding on to his marbles. Bro, I'm so tired. And the thing is that, like, we could get to, we could get another term of Biden, but that puts us at an even higher risk of getting a Republican right after him. You know the vibes. You know, we'd be flip-flopping, flip-flopping, flip-flopping. It's true. Child, I don't know. My tummy hurts just thinking about it. Let's change the subject, Jesus. I'm going to take us <laughs> off the ride. I'm taking off my seat All right, I got, and I'm I got parking you. the car. I got you. Um, so another thing on the mental health tip uh, that I'm seeing that kind of I think contributes to it. Um, so something I've never really kind of hashed out in this way, so I'm excited to do so. So we, we, you know, if we also we always talk about the social media. We talked about it a little bit before and how like it, it, you know, it, call, it forces comparison. It forces us to like you know look at other people's lives and compare them to ours. But um, I want to talk about it from another point of view that might everybody not be might not be able to relate to, but everybody has seen it. So, like, uh, as a content creator of any sort, be it you know as a musician, as somebody who makes some type of video, if you're a podcaster, or whatever, social media um, comes with another set of stresses. It's a uh, output something I, I like to call output anxiety, mm-hmm. um, and that is as as it implies. Anxiety about your output on social media. Um, because we're so saturated with social media, we have like 10 different social media websites uh, that are prevalent at any given time that you can open up on your phone at any time and see a million posts and videos and people who look like they do it full time. And they, they put up five well-edited videos a day that are very high quality. Meanwhile, you put out one video last month and now you're beating yourself up because you're like, damn, my output game is trash. Um, so that's the one side of output anxiety. It's like how much, you know, how when's the la- how frequently am I posting? How frequently am I putting things out to keep myself favorable in the algorithm, right? The algorithm is now the algorithm got everybody's life in a chokehold because everybody wants to be in the algorithm. Everybody wants the algorithm to work in their favor. They want Pete, they want traffic to their page for whatever it is their brand is. They want more viewers, they want more listeners, they want more fans. And so that's one side of output anxiety. It's like how much am I posting? Um and then the other side of it is is the quality of it. So like a lot of people have anxiety about posting in the first place because they're perfectionists. You know, it's like, is what I want to put out even good enough to put out? You know, like right. I made this video or I made this post, you know, ah, I don't know if, how I feel about the, you know, the picture itself. Is it high enough quality? Is the caption good? Did I use the right whatever hashtags? Should it be a, should it be a real? Should it be a normal video? Should it be on TikTok? Should it be on Twitter? Right. And it, there's just there's just too much like it it's almost like it's that effective when there's when there's so much to do you do nothing right it's, it's like i don't know where to start so i'm not even gonna, i'm not gonna start i call it the task hole for stan mm. like you're in the task hole yeah it's overwhelming you don't know where to start it's too much um i mean i'm not i don't consider myself a content creator and i feel like i don't post often but even as a regular person like i have my friends who have they're not, I would not consider them content creators, but they're very um, 
particular with how they post their pictures and they do the lighting or they do the cool collages. Like their pictures are very aesthetic. That's the thing is they have that, they're able, they have yeah. that aesthetic eye and they're able to do that. And so sometimes I do even find myself without, even as even a normal person, people have a brand. Even right. normal, so like even someone that has no business, you know, you might just be a, a human being who likes to share your life, but even normal people who, who don't like monetize or anything, they ha- they still have a brand. They have a right. way that they want to be perceived. They have a way they want the world to view them. They have a way they want their page to look. Right. And so, like I said, like as a regular person who shouldn't have to be concerned about that, I am. I do think about that. Like what's on my page or what do my posts look like? And like, it doesn't stop me from posting, but it is something I think I do think about. I'm like, damn, could I get into the like vibe of being more aesthetic with my posts? But then the next question is like, but then then my next thought is, but why? Mm-hmm. Like to what end? Like, what is this for? Like, are we doing it because we want someone to pay attention? Who do we want to pay attention? What do we want from their attention? Are we looking just for likes? Like, are you looking for an opportunity? Is this, like, you know what I mean? And it's not something that I try to do to put myself in, like, a task hole. But it is something I try to do to make sure I understand where this is coming from. Like, do you just want to post a post that you think might be cute and might, like, get a bunch of likes from your friends? Then that's fine. But, like, we're not going to spend all day or three, three or four days or, you know what I mean? We're not taking a whole bunch of unnecessary, like... We can give it a go, but we're not going to let it consume us because we aren't Mm -hmm. content creators. We're not attempting to be content creators. So like, don't, you know what I mean? Like, so don't put that kind of pressure on you. But the fact that that kind of pressure even exists within my own mind as someone who doesn't even identify as a content creator does show you how prevalent that like perfection culture is. Yeah. That like perfect dream girl aesthetic. Mm -hmm. For sure. It's real. Yeah, and and it's another um another one of those comparison as a thief of joy moments as well because like for me I'm a rapper I um I pride myself in being a rapper I have a lot of music that I've been recording lately I have a lot of stuff that I have coming but I one thing that I can like and and I and and to be very clear in in the midst of all this vulnerability I'm gonna be I'm gonna be braggadocious real quick I'm him with music I am very confident in my ability to make songs I'm I think I've never sounded better. Shit that I have in the tuck, I think is going to be like revolutionary. Um, and anybody who decides to ever follow my musical journey, to start from my earlier stuff to the stuff I'm about to release, you're going to hear tremendous growth. You're going to hear tremendous musicianship. So, yeah, all humility aside, I'm him with this music shit. But, sorry, also, I'm st- I'll stop butting. Also, mm-hmm. I find myself beating myself up about my social media presence and consistency all the time because there's not enough hours mm-hmm. in the day. Like right. I, you know, I look at, oh, like if it's been two weeks since my last post, since my last video, since my last freestyle, you know, like I worry that I'm like losing people's attention and shit. You know, I, I see, I have a lot of, I have a very big network of dope ass rappers and dope ass musicians and dope ass people mm-hmm. and platforms and music, music stuff that are, you know, constantly putting out videos that are really high quality and I compare myself to them. You know, I got one of my homies that like, he is body and shit. Like he puts out like really well-made videos that like have all kinds of elements to them and they have like settings and scene changes and editing and like fucking mm-hmm. captions under all the raps that have all kinds of special effects on them that they pop when he <laughs> says a punchline. Like this nigga's killing it. Like just crazy shit. And like every time he drops a video, it's like bittersweet. Cause it's like, that's my boy. So I'm proud of him. I'm happy for him. It's fire. Right. I like it. I share it. You know, I, you know, I gas him up, but then there's the, the, that's the sweet part. The bitter part is like, God damn, I'm not fucking doing enough. You know, like, right. this, like this nigga's over here dropping fucking Spielberg quality videos twice a right. week. And meanwhile, right. I haven't put up a freestyle video since fucking March, you know, like, and now I'm beating right. myself up. You know what I mean? So it's like, it, it is a never ending thing. I, I beat myself about TikTok. I was popping on TikTok for a while. Um, and then I kind of fell off on that just because, you know, life caught up to me. And, you know, and that's the thing. I shouldn't have to explain. I shouldn't have, like, all I should have to say to you is, oh, yeah, I used to be on TikTok, and that's the end of that conversation. But I find myself copping, please. Like, oh, no, I used to be on TikTok, and, like, you know, I was popping, but then, you know, I got right. stressed and depression kicked in. You know, I was, my, <laughs> me and my girl got in an argument, and then I was sad for a week, so I didn't want to do any videos. You know, it's like the things we find ourselves doing for no fucking reason. You know what I mean? It's like nobody asked, Gary. Like, no one asked why you stopped making TikTok videos. Nobody really cared until you brought it up. <laughs> but you but you're so like obsessed with you know like wanting to people, look productive explaining to people right like i swear i was popping i i promise you yeah i swear but 
Yeah, life do be happening. And I, that, I think that's the other thing is that even like people who make content full time, a lot of times those full time content creators, I mean, you get a couple on TikTok now who are like, I'm a full time content creator and I just quit my job yesterday. And it's like, okay, cool. But mm-hmm. like the ones who have like the consistency, like Jackie Ina and stuff like that, like they've been doing YouTube videos and things like that for like years. Yeah. And they had other jobs. And like it is something that like you have to decide. The other piece is that there are some times in your life where you can go above and beyond and maybe you can, you know, white knuckle life for a couple of days, but like, it can't be something you have to decide what that thing is. And it can't be something that's going to be sustainable for super long periods of time. And like, everyone has their thing. Like I'm seriously thinking about going back to school, mm-hmm. but like, I also understand that like, that means that that there's going to be something I'm going to have to give up because I'm going to need the spoons for school. And so, like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to be the kind of person who's going to drop a Spielberg-style video every single week, like, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to have to take spoons from someplace. And that's the thing is that everybody has their different life realities. But, like, I know I'm in, like, a serious, committed relationship. So, like, I always have to make sure I have the spoons for that. Like, I can't Mm -hmm. just run out of spoons for that shit. Like, but that's somebody, like, if somebody was single and they wanted to just, like, grind it out and be like, I'm going to put all my spoons in school. You have the luxury of doing that because you are a singular entity. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's... So, I think that that's something else that I try to do as, like, a grounding technique to remind myself that, like, I don't know everybody else's situation. Yeah. Other people aren't grieving. Like, grief is kidnapping so many of my spoons. Like, I had way more spoons before. And grief over there like this. I got all your spoons, bitch. I got all your spoons, bitch. Right, like... Like, she's rationing them out. I get three spoons on these days. And then some days, four days go by. I still only have three spoons. Man, please have some more spoons, Grief. So, <laughs> I think you have to remember that. Like, I can't, like, I always try to remind myself that the people I'm comparing myself to, moms are alive. Like, I was talking to my friends from my first professional job. We have a, we do a FaceTime every couple of months to just check in on everybody, make sure everybody's doing good. And it was funny because one of my friends goes, Paige is the only one on here in a healthy, happy relationship. And I was like, well, you saw what I had to give up my mom. So I was like, all you bitches got moms. And they all left because all their moms are alive. But that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe that's why God blessed me with a husband. Cause he knew he was about to snatch my mama back. Like, Oh, Paige. (laughs) I'm just saying, you never know what kind of spoons people got. So yeah, it's a give and take. It's that's an valid. ebb and flow. It's yeah. yin and yang. And that, and that, but that, and that's something that I don't think about because yeah, I'm I'm in a relationship that you know I'm uh, that I want to build and grow. Like I'm with I'm with my you know my forever person. If it's up to me, um, and I you know so there are things that come with that that you know require time and commitment and energy and all my focus. So you know like. Yeah, and also you know, do all my or are all my rapper friends who are putting out Spielberg quality videos and getting super great engagement? Are they in that relationship? No, not no, no, they're not. Not all of them. Um, and even and even if they are, we we just don't have the same plate. No matter what, you know, it's not, let's not make a comparison. I'm not saying what I have is better or worse than them, or what they have is better or worse than me. We just inherently have different plates, right? And like you don't know the nature of that relationship and what kind of weight it can and can't hold. And that's not your business to know. You just got to focus on what's going on on your chip. Make sure you're focusing on the dip on your chip. Don't be out here going after somebody else's dip. Leave that salsa alone if you know you French onion. Mmm. Mmm. Just Keep saying. your eyes on your own French onion. Right. Okay. Your Over own here, jalapeno you better... ranch. Ooh, jalapeno ranch. Like, no, nah, I hate ranch. Oh, here we go. I'm just saying, it's not good, except except the Chick-fil-A ranch. And I hate saying it because that's the devil's nuggets, but that's also the devil's ranch. Because okay. I ain't never have a ranch I like, but Chick-fil-A ranch, something in it. Crack, probably. Keep your eyes on your own <laughs> spicy queso. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Stay in your lane. But Take yeah. your blinker off. Yeah, let's uh let's put that bow on it all. All right. So we talked a little, we talked a lot about talked about grind culture we talked about social media we talked about um rest and how how all these things can be intertwined as a human being as a person you have inherent value you deserve rest you deserve to be happy with what you have don't compare yourself to what they got going on over there be happy with what you got going on over here 
Um, be proud of yourself for your victories. You, it is your victory is not the next person's. Just because after 10 years you grinded to get five of something, and there's somebody who got 10 of something in, in three years, it does not mean that your your success is any less valuable because your journey was different. Um, that that comparison is a thief of joy thing is very real. Don't let the social media. Don't let. Don't become a slave to the algorithm, folks. I know. Even with our with our content creator minds that are all inherently wired into us because of how this shit works, it's very easy to do that. We know you have your aesthetics, but don't become a slave to it. Remember, you can unplug. It is okay to unplug. It's okay to delete those apps off of your phone. It's okay to make to delete your profile. It's okay to you know make it disappear for a while while you get right or altogether. Not even for a while. If you decide you never want to do this shit again, that's completely fine. Preach. You feel me? But yeah, all in all, worry about the dip on your own chip. But yeah, we about to skirt, skirt, switch gears real quick, and hit y'all with an am I the asshole? Mm-hmm. So for this week's am I the asshole, it is, am I the asshole for telling my sister that she'll never get my daughter, who's hers biologically, back and to give it up? Well, that's a headline. Yeah, that's what I thought too, right? <clears throat> so, my and so the main character is a 26-year-old female and their sister is a 21-year-old female. Um and her significant other, so the 21 female and her significant other had a child together 3 years ago. They were still finishing high school and the whole thing was very overwhelming for them. They obviously weren't planning on having a kid. They tried, but they both have some mental health struggles, the significant other from birth and my sister from postpartum depression, and of course the stress from both of them, and they couldn't give her what she needed. They decided about six months after she was born to give her up for adoption. Our parents wouldn't take her, so now my husband and I stepped up. We wanted kids anyway and hated the thought of losing my niece, so we offered and they accepted. We also we also offered to make it temporary while they went to school and got things sorted, but they said no. They weren't um, they were not confident in their ability to be parents and signed their rights away. The process was official, and essentially, our daughter legally is no different than any other adopted child. She's ours. My sister doing this burned a lot of bridges in the family, which I didn't want. Our parents and the extended family basically disowned her for abandoning her daughter were very low contact with them as a result. My sister and her significant other are still involved in our daughter's life, and she sees them as an aunt-uncle, though that we are planning to tell her everything as she grows up. The two of them really did turn their lives around in the past three years. My sister graduates this year, and he managed to find a trade job that pays well. We're glad, but we weren't expecting them to ask what they did next. They invited us over for dinner and basically admitted they regretted giving up their kid more than anything. They wanted to start the process of giving them back. They wanted to start the process of giving them back custody. I immediately told them that wasn't happening. It's not that they don't have the means. It's not that they don't have the means now. It's that they emotionally they aren't her parents. My husband and I aren't. She she wouldn't be exited um, to be back. Oh, sorry. She wrote exited, but I think she meant excited. She wouldn't be excited to be back with her parents. She'd be wondering why we dumped her with her aunt and uncle. I told her if that by some chance in 10 years she decides to live with them, we'll allow it. But we don't expect that to happen. She got upset and said we were being cruel and accused them of being petty, accused us of being petty and vengeful. Here's where I might have gone too far. I told her that if she doesn't agree to drop this now forever, she won't get to visit anymore. Basically, she can either be an aunt or nothing. Her call. She gave me such a hateful look but agreed, and the two of them left. Since then, she comes by to visit her niece and basically pretends I don't exist. I don't regret our decision. It's just maybe I came on too strong and needlessly ruined my relationship with my sister. Well, goddamn. Yeah, I'm good at picking these, right? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? All right. Um, headline of what I have to say is um, she is not the asshole. Uh, my reasoning being 
um, you know, for all the details of the story. Yeah, like it's I'm I'm looking at it from a what I perceive to be best interest of the child standpoint. Um, because I think at this point the kid would be three. I think yeah, yeah, because they they adopted the kid uh, three years ago, and of course with that there comes you know as the caretaker and the, and the one cared for uh, an emotional familial bond builds you, you become mm-hmm. their normal, um, their sense of reality is completely shaped by that, um, and at that point like that that normalcy that they have could really be shaken up by giving the child back and having to kind of re hash what's happening in their life like yeah they're still young yeah they're still like impressionable um but i don't know it's like in my in my opinion it just um it would do more harm than good and not to mention they as the parents have right to want to claim that child is theirs it doesn't matter at this point the origin of how we got here i'm not gonna say it's completely out the window but it is less important now because, yes, we can talk about how we got here as far as the adoption and everything, but now we have to deal with the current, the present, and the future. You know, like – and I think yeah. that um, – because, I mean, either way, they said that, they said that down the line they want to be op- – they want to be honest with the child about the entire story and what the real backstory of how they got there is. And they, they said they plan to do that at their own time. And I far be it for me to tell somebody when they should do that. Um so, you know, the, the truth will come out eventually and, you know, there hopefully the bonds all strengthen as a result and uh, everybody's fine. But, yeah, no, I think um, they're well within their right to say it's, it's not happening. We're not going to give you back custody of your child. We now have a bond with this child and we now have accepted her as our own. I, you know, I can't, I mean, I, I can under, I can, I understand from the side of the, the sister, the original, I guess the original parents of one, uh, you know, of having that regret and, and wishing they could undo what they did, but you know, that's ultimately not up to you anymore. Um, and you kind of have to accept that, just like you had to accept the consequences of your actions when you had the kid and decided what you had to do. Uh, you have to accept the consequences now and be okay with that answer. It's unfortunate that the relationship had to get kind of like, um, you know, negatively affected by what was said and the whole "you can be an aunt or nothing at all." That situation's kind of shitty for siblings. Um, but ultimately, no. I do not find anything assholeish about what the the poster of the story did. So I'm like in between. I don't really think she's the asshole, and I think she reacted emotionally. But I do hope that her and her sister are able to find some common ground. And here is why. Mm-hmm. I we were just talking about how people and their decision making and the young kids and like I can understand the. I think this is where, like, the things get kind of weird. Because she does talk about, like, how when she first put him up for, when they first put her up for adoption, she was like, hey, maybe we should do, like, an open adoption or something like that. And they were like, no, we don't think we'll ever be ready. Mm-hmm. I don't, I think at that point I might have would have pushed them on that. Yeah. And been like, I, I hear that. You can always sign your rights away later. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can start here. I, I'm pretty sure at any point you can sign your rights away. Um, because I, I know kids who have like parents who are still alive. Um, and then they like sign their rights or rights away cause they don't want to be involved in like the new step parent or whatever wants to adopt whoever, whatever. Um, long story short, but like, I'm pretty sure you can do that. And so I maybe would have pushed them to keep them, but see the other thing is that they did let them stay around and like, they see the kid all the time. Like I might've would have, I definitely understand the woman being upset. Like if you ambush me after you've had me raise your child for three years and you think you're just going to take them from me, that's kind of wild. Like, I think Mm -hmm. that's the thing. I understand where they're coming from in terms of like feeling regret, but like, yes, technically you did legally sign away your rights. So like, you really don't have a say here. Sorry, Mm -hmm. not sorry. Like it is unfortunate, but I maybe would have started trying to meet them halfway. Like, Hey, like we're definitely more settled. Like we want to, buy a house nearby and like can we do like a joint custody situation where maybe she like you know eventually she can spend a week at our house spend a week at your house like you know what I mean like I have um like adopted cousins who used to do that like they used to live at their family's house for a little bit then they'd come back to our house it wasn't a big deal if you could find a common ground but I think the issue is that like this child is not like a commodity to be owned by someone like you don't get to just be like well, now that I'm ready, I want to just own her. No, 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 no. Like you, 
Like, you're right. This person has made a bond with these people. This is who she thinks her parents are. So, no, you don't just get to come in and just take the kid back. Like, you can try to be more present. We've already agreed to tell them. Mm. There's plenty of people who have open adoptions, and it works out just fine. So, like, I don't think the woman is necessarily the asshole. Because I guess she is, like, doing what she said, which is like, hey, you can either be her aunt and be in her life and eventually tell her, like, we've always planned. Or you got, or you can fucking go. So actually, no. Just in talking about it, she's not the asshole. I think the, I think again, I think it's still proof that like, although the person is about to graduate, um, they're still twenty one and they're still making very irrational decisions. Mm-hmm. Your life has changed a little bit. Like you, yes, you've gotten on your feet, but like you haven't started living yet. You don't know what it's like to take care of a kid full time. This is still a very young kid. Like it just like you know what I mean like yeah there's other it's ways not like, to go it's around not like, this it's not like the pass back of the child is going to be seamless you know like right they're still going to need help and like pointers and like you know it's not like they're like oh we we've been taking parenting classes too so now that right. you know right when you right when you hand the child off we're you know we won't miss a beat like nah bro it's gonna be more than that yeah so um I don't know I. I don't think she made a, I don't think she ruined her relationship with her sister. I think her sister is just young and is having an emotional response because like, yes, it is your baby. And like, yes, this is difficult. And I can totally understand, but also like your sister, like did you a huge favor because if it was up to like, cause the thing is that if it was up to the rest of your family, you would have either had to keep that baby or you would have put it up for adoption. And you may not even know who the people were. Like the fact that you even still have access to your daughter is really great. And like these people aren't trying to block you from even telling you that that's their mom. I mean, I thought the mom was a little arrogant to be like at 10 years. She, I mean, you could, if she wants to live with you, I mean, I doubt it. I mean, you don't know what the kid <laughs> will be like in 10 years, but right. you know what I mean? Like she's doing all the things she's meeting you halfway. She's trying to be the best sister that she can. And you're just being a brat, yep. which is another sign that maybe you're not really ready to be a parent because you're not really thinking about what's best for the child. You're only thinking about yourself. And that's yeah. not what motherhood is. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, the way I look at it is like, at least, like, I don't want to be like, I don't want to be all, I don't want to be so insensitive to say, take what you can get. But like, you, you were, you were literally set up for a life of being in this child's life. You know what I mean? Like, and it's not going to be the capacity that you want it to be. And it's pretty much like, it doesn't seem like she's going to deny you access. It's just like, the only thing you're not going to have is this child calling you mom. Right. And so like, Find peace in that. Right. It doesn't keep you from becoming a mom. You can still be like, there's plenty of people who know their biological mom and their adopted mom. Mm-hmm. Just, again, like, it is okay. You can't go back in time. And also, like, just one step at a time. Like, don't bite the hand that feeds you because I am helping you. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So hopefully they can, you know, find some common ground and get on the same page. But I mean, I guess if not, then who knows? You won't be seeing your baby. That's for damn sure. God bless all parties involved. (laughs) Amen. Well, that's all I got for you, big dog. Thanks, little dog. Um, All right. She did. She did the pause too. Everybody, I want y'all to know that it's not a visual podcast, but I need you to picture it. <laughs> um. Well, thanks, Paige. Thanks for it. Was nice to it was nice to to chat and unpack. Um. This was this, this was a nice release for me. I know that. I hope it was for you as well. Absolutely. Um. Otherwise, as always, thanks for rocking with us, y'all. We hope you can relate to some of our topics. Of course, join the conversation on social media. Uh, if there's things that you relate to, um, definitely reach out to us. You can always DM us on the Wise and Moisturize Instagram page with whatever you got to say. You know, give us your if there's something that spoke to you. If whether you're glad, whether it's a glad or a mad or a, a dope or a yep. nope, let us know. Yep. Even if, you want to, even if you want to DM us like, nah, y'all niggas full of shit, and here's why. We'll we'll read it and we'll respond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll read it. Gary might respond. Yeah, I got, I got time. Um, 
I got time. Because he's remember, resting. Remember earlier I said I took a bunch of stuff off my plate to have time? This right. Is, this is what I was making time for. Got it. The nonsense. Heard. Yeah. But anywho, thanks, y'all. Y'all be good. Y'all stay lovely. Y'all stay moisturized. Otherwise, peace out. Peace out.